the word is being used in the sense of if you've heard from God remember this is addressed to Israel so if you've heard from God and you have then 
how could you act like you haven't? How could you ignore his word? That's the warning. That's the challenge. We know from the scriptures that the call to trust Christ for salvation is a call for everyone, everywhere. And the Bible provokes this quotation out of Matthew 28 is a mission to go to all people and to share what Christ has done. Friends, you are sitting here today hearing God's word taught. You have heard from the Lord. heard about him, but because we're reading God's word, you have literally heard from the Lord. And so the application then is for us. It's not just for people in another land centuries ago. It's for you and I here now in this city, in this building. through the word of Jesus. Let him know. Don't don't minimize him. Don't let the distractions of every other supposedly so important thing that you get a notification about or or a hurry, time limited offer about. Don't let those distract you from your kingdom. Don't let them dissuade you from from what matters most. What is that? you done that? Is that something that you have done? Have you trusted Jesus as your Savior from sin? Have you repented? It's a word that means turn. So have you turned from your rebellion and bent the knee to Christ as your Savior? And if you have, are you continuing to, to, to listen? Have ears that you hear, eyes that see, continuing to listen to the Lord by Praise for that work that is going on in you. Are you, are you growing as a disciple? Helping someone else to grow as a disciple. Right? So with that, that basic but, but crucial foundational response in mind, let's now see how the author of Hebrews will where he goes with this. Right? Where the warning comes to the past, here's a warning for the present. We find it starting in verse 12. Take care, brothers and sisters, lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart, leading you to fall away from the living God. But exhort one another every day, as long as it is called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. For we have come to share in Christ, if indeed we hold our original confidence firm to the end, As it is said, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. So what's the warning for you and for me, for for first and truth today? It's this. Don't deceive your faith for Christ. Don't deceive your faith for Christ. Whether your own path or certainly We need to learn from those who have gone before us. And that's a valuable, even a, a vital life skill, isn't it? I had a, uh, a boss when I worked for Dallas Seminary. 
who would tell me that making mistakes is it's regrettably a, a part of being human this side of the fall in, in this life. I remember very specifically after one huge mistake in a chapel service one day, I gave a very fer- famous person a solo because I pushed the wrong button on the mixer while we were singing. I remember coming back and, and head and tongue down for a couple of minutes. I remember my boss saying, Kevin, it's okay. We make mistakes. It's all right. But then he said this. How are you going to learn from this mistake? How are you going to teach from these people That's the difference. If you refuse to learn from it, then this is a massive problem. But if you will learn from it, and this is part of how the Lord is sharpening you, that's a little bit of what we're asking, after here. Right? We, we, we dare not close our eyes to the hard lessons learned from the past. And so what's the warning here? Well, first, it's to beware of your own heart. It's to take stock of your own spiritual health. We're told to monitor all sorts of things about our physical health, aren't we? Our, our, our weight, our exercise, our diet. And as important as those are, they pale in comparison to our spiritual health. Will you learn that the same place and at the same kind of Look like 
source to have an evil, unbelieving community. It's a hard, it's a hard conclusion. Well, let's look at that. The same goes for pride. It looks like a heart that leads you away from the God that is the true God. That spreads every single person apart from God. Every single person who confesses with their lips and yet doesn't actually believe their own stuff. So understand this. Unbelief is not something that just happens. I know it's presented that way. I know even uh, a number of, especially kind of popular Christian books and things, really go it that way. Like unbelief is this big monster, and it jumps out and gets some of us, gets some of our kids, and we do the surveys, we come college or whatever. That's not what unbelief is. It doesn't just happen. Instead, unbelief is an intentional choice. Adam and Eve did not fall into sin in the garden and then toss it off. It didn't just happen to them, as, as if they were somehow trapped and they had no choice. No, they chose to do that. They chose to take of the fruit and eat it. They found it so wicked that then it says, and Adam was there watching as Eve gave some of the fruit and said, It wasn't like, hey, honey, you're back in from tending the, the garden, and I made, a, made an apple pie. And she just didn't tell him where the apples came from. No, she and both of them. And so it is for each of us. None of us is far from God when he says you can't even stand to look at my creation. That's not the issue. There is no one in the scriptures that we ever see who could honestly say, well, I, I would be a follower of Jesus if only he would let me. You know, if only the world would just kind of leave me alone, then, then I'd be a Christian. We never see that in the scriptures. It's always Jesus taking us up to the cross and saying, I will not stand to you. We are far from the Lord. It is you, how we are responding to him, how we are ignoring him and obeying him. That's the ruin don't do that. Don't give in to that. What's the solution to this awful picture? Well, I'll, I'll forgive them. Verse 13. Just do it again. It, it's to lovingly and, and graciously challenge each other here, now, in the present. To be what? To follow Jesus. To hold on to Him. To commit to Him. This is the path of freedom. This is the way to get there. Don't put it off so long. Brother, we need to help each other to see what sin is. We need trusted Christian friends who are willing to hold up the, just the mirror to all the ways that we've made peace with sin and, and to have them say, this is a pretty good way to deal with this and I'm here with you. I will walk with you through it. But no. Looking to and trusting Jesus is the only way to keep our hearts living for Jesus Christ. Notice the reward of this hard and courageous choice. We can know of the of the care 
that we have in Jesus, of the inheritance that he promised. Hold to Jesus, and you will enjoy God's greatest promises for all eternity. You can know Jesus if you are holding fast to him. What's your Christian life? How will you prioritize growing in Jesus above all the other things that are going to clamor for your time and your attention? And they will. And some of them will be very important. Some of them are going to take your time and attention. I'm not, I'm not downplaying that. The call here is not to go be a, a, a monk or a nun somewhere separated from the rest of the world. That's not it at all. It's to say, in this life, in the mess of our own problems and sins, and, and the problems and sins of those around us, in the midst of trying to, to, to make it through life, it's so clear. Seeing that he shared that they would not enter his death, 
such a way that they recognize the fact that we see that they were unable to interact with each other some of the crucial points of the psalm, making sure that not only the original readers, but, but we understand what's going on. It was God's people who rebelled against the Lord, who were just like us. It was God's people who suffered the punishment of their own campaign against the Lord. it was those same people who did not enter God's rest. That the promised place and time where all was well, where everything was as it should be. What kept them from God's rest, not just the promised land, by the way, but the promised eternal blessing found only in the Lord, what kept them from rest was Which then is the truth that we need to take the next year and we'll not go back to do whatever 2020 did and try not to remember but just keep that in mind. These are the truths that we must take with us. We must not forget as we go about our lives that there is a battle to be fought. A battle against unbelief. There's the good fight. There is a rest simply a land on the other side of the world. No, it's a, it's a spiritual inheritance that every Christian has in their life. And that rest can be yours. It's yours as well. How do you do that? I've given a few things here, but let's get one more. How about you turn to your own heart about what Jesus
Christ says to this, we are responsible to return to him. We don't save ourselves with forgiveness. We don't keep falling into that trap. We don't keep ourselves in the faith by our own righteousness. Paul says that this That is said, we are called to believe. Believe. We're called to believe all that he has said and to keep believing. We're called to follow after him, not just once, not once, but the very words that we use to bring the gospel to others. The word, the only word that we follow, the only word that we can cling to Christ in the church, the only word, the, the only way that we can that will lead us far from 